I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, not that I'm like better or worse than Morgan, well, not that I'm better than Morgan, but just like usually when you when you have a festival, the worst person goes first, you know. And now it just kind of <laughs> feels like I'm picking up the the podcast scraps that Roy and Morgan leave behind. Okay, but the thing is that like this is this is ever this is the same mentality that like like this is like. <laughs> It's like it's it's kind of it's never ending. It's a pyramid scheme. Someone always has to go next. So whoever's coming after you will be able, will be performing in your shadow, Joe. You know what? That's a, that's a, that's an important thing to think about. And 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 I'm simply going to have to take that mentality with me into the future. Otherwise, I will have to one v one duel Morgan to determine who is the ultimate fear baiting goat, uh, <laughs> best goat, best guest of all time. Ultimate. I mean, I think the ultimate, based on the way this podcast has structured itself, I think Blair is unassailable, the champion of best guest of all time, because that motherfucker guested for like 150 episodes. Yeah, yeah, longest uh, unbeaten streak. Like Blair's, ba- Blair's basically the Undertaker of, of fear baiting. <laughs> Blair's the Undertaker. Blair would be a great vampire. Blair's the Undertaker of fear baiting. This and so many other things. Yeah, yeah, and and whenever the Undertaker became. Um, the American badass. That's when Blair appears. Uh, that's when. That's when. And the uh, the Wonder Yerks updates. That's like the Blair's persona when the Wonder Yerks updates. Yeah. Well. But yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm excited I'm to talk. I'm excited to talk about this fucking movie. Um, I've been. I've been doing okay. I've. Uh, I had surgery done on my butthole, which was fun. Oh. Just being I, as can't. Just being as candid about it as I possibly can. I, I mean, I, I don't think you're going to beat the candidness of the L8 episode, because that was... Even I was <laughs> no, uncomfortable. No, even, even no. I, even, no, I wasn't uncomfortable, but it was definitely like, a, oh man, we're really just kind of <laughs> airing all of the shit out. Yeah. But um, uh, but it went well? Yeah, it went well. Um, they made a cut in my butthole, and now I have a healing cut in my butt. And um, it hurts to shit. It hurts to live. It doesn't actually. It doesn't actually hurt to live. It just kind of hurts to shit. Semper shitty. everyone it's your what if christianity was a was as bastardized as other religions were in in hollywood cinema podcast um <laughs> that was it's a lot it's a, it's a, listen it's a niche category but you know what we're number one for a reason uh i'm sarah and i'm joined this week by 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 joe sorry i was, I was leaving you i was leaving you i was trying to lead you in <laughs> by me it's uh, joe me by by me uh yeah it's me joe what up it's it's fucking it's... new name new name goofing yeah yeah i think i think the, we, the... we don't have to talk about this on the show i just you know no I'm, no I'm I'm, I'm I'm raising the wine glass i'm sipping out of to you for new name goofing yeah you know it's a it's a name that i've been 
that that like was given to me as a nickname first of all because so i don't really consider john like a like a like a former name or anything mm-hmm. but joe is just like uh ooh, it's like a, it's like a it's a very like succinct like bam it's out there you know yeah and uh yeah so yeah i also have a um a new a new twitter at uh yeah plug, which, <laughs> made, which made I, me laugh out loud the first time i read it on uh on fear baiting you know, yeah, because and, and you know, we'll, no, I read it. I read it on forward forward re zero, and it made <laughs> it made me laugh out loud. Then I remember uh, Morg said uh, I had to go check and make sure that was actually Joe's at. <laughs> it just, it surprises me that like I, I like no matter how many times like uh, I've been referred to as friend of the show, like that nobody in like uh, the circle of uh like the coven the coven circle that is. Uh, the noise space pigot circle yeah that nobody has the at so i feel like i've just kind of stolen everyone's valor <laughs> there's a there's a, there's an image on my hard drive titled friend of that like i i just have saved in my reactions folder titled friend of the show and it's just it's just a picture of a guy smiling slightly because it's how i feel whenever someone refers to me as friend of the show on any podcast i listen to that's it right that like that like that feeling is so good and and yeah. uh, i i am a friend i'm a friend to many shows very true friend to this podcast friend to me yeah i and 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 friend to uh you know john constantine we we watched constantine this week 2005 constantine um <laughs> yeah a, a movie that like always jumps around from uh, in my mind as being either from 2005 6 or 7 just kind of like that those late bush years yeah yeah it, it it's yeah. there there is a staggering reliance on the use of the word deport in a way that is uh oh yeah oh yeah ah oh. it's a lot <laughs> it is it, it it it's um it's weird because like you know, we, we can get into the the lore of it, like, and we will, that. and we yeah, we definitely will. But John in this movie, John Constantine is like transposed from the original character as like a blonde uh, British man into mm-hmm. a uh, dark haired American, and that translation comes with like newfound, I think, levels of weird non-self-awareness with the use of the term the deportation yeah but but, uh you know like it's definitely one of those things that like probably is unexamined in in the text it's definitely unexamined in the in the text of the movie but just a interesting choice of words guys (laughs) yeah yeah for sure yeah um before we get into it, I want to say uh, the the thing I referenced at the top, like the the treat, um, PR brought this up that um, this movie treats Catholic Christianity and specifically Catholicism like like it treats all the lore of it with the same like weight that like Hollywood would typically treat like more like typically Eastern religions in terms of like you can just do whatever you want like. Yeah, sure. This like none of none of this has to be like compliant with any canon. Like this is this is like this is like plucking from the from the canon of of Christianity of Catholicism, and just saying okay, so this means this and this means this, and these do not contradict each other, despite the fact that they would contradict each other if you knew anything about the source material. And I think more movies need to do this. I think more movies need to treat need to treat Catholicism as just like you can do this to it, you can do this to this religion. 
for sure and and that i think that's definitely in line with the intention of um of the creator of the character uh alan moore um like alan moore is definitely like a person who i would oh describe. this is a moore joint yeah 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 uh moore created the character for swamp thing way back in the 80s and um when he created the character the character was like just like a generic like supernatural advisor to swamp thing and as he grew as he grew into being his own character he was basically this character who like exemplifies like what i could only describe as like yeah like like what pr was referencing like the idea of like using the the trappings of catholicism and like more heretical strains of christianity as like givens and as like legitimate for like forms of expression it's like like alan moore really worships like the ground that william blake walked on and uh -huh. when william blake was alive like he was raised by a bunch of like for lack of a better word fucking weirdos <laughs> Like, like his uh, his family were known as. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Fucking weirdos, complimentary or derogatorily? I need to know because I have many I, friends I would describe as fucking weirdos as, I, as lovingly as I possibly can. Well, I would say I would say good because um, so uh, so um, uh, William Blake was raised by um, like who were like like people who were known as dissenters. They were basically like uh, sort of like like proto anarchist like like not really cool with the 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 protestant church at all they very much saw organized big church religion as like a detriment to faith and he was a really weird guy because like blake wasn't like an elitist in that way he was more of a person who was just like what if what if like what if religion wasn't deployed by the rich and wealthy to just completely subjugate over everybody. Right. You know, and, and, and more takes this like inclination that Blake had to like expose and have social commentary with, with religion and turned it into this like aesthetic where it's like, you know, you have these characters who are magicians, they deal in the occult, they deal in all of this stuff, but they're also like deeply human, humanist characters. There is a basis in Christianity and the canon of Catholicism, but there is no like reverence for it the way you would see out of like a typical, like I, I expected this movie to be more like, I don't know, hardcore Catholic in a way. Oh like, yeah. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't expect to, like, I, I, I knew like the boilerplate pitch, but like I, I, and I wasn't expecting it to be like pre like God, I wasn't expecting it to God's not dead me, but also I was not, I was just really not expecting the way they like play with the kit with the, with the canon of, you know, Western Catholicism, Christianity. Absolutely. It's like John Constantine is less a priest and more like a exterminator. He's like, yeah. he no more worships the God that like he talks about, like in passing more than like an electrician worships the concept of lightning. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, these are, these are mere um, formalities to him. He, right. He, it's just, he, it's a very interesting thing that like they remove the concept of faith from it all. And it just, it just becomes, yeah, this is real. This is all just like, like it's, it's like if there was a, I don't know if there was a Buffy, the vampire slayer episode where they had to kill like the angel Gabriel which actually no, I need to take that back. There were angel. No wait, was angel an actual? No, angel was a vampire who was named Angel. I don't think there were actual angels in Buffy. Did not see enough of Buffy definitively say this though. 
there were definitely angels in Supernatural, though, which was there a were big, a shitload of angels in Supernatural, <laughs> which was a big thing that I was really into at the time that Constantine came out, and probably was a really big reason as to like why I snuck in to see this movie when it was released in theaters. God, was this this was yeah, this would have been contemporaneous with the start of Supernatural. This movie came out the same year that Supernatural started cuz Supernatural yeah. and no, before this movie came out after Supernatural started because Supernatural yes. took a season or two off and yeah. then they've done 15 seasons total which ended in 2020. Um shit, man, this movie yeah. Supernatural started before this movie. This movie's yeah. post 9/11, post Supernatural. <laughs> Yeah, this movie is a lot of things. It's and it's definitely like it definitely scratched that itch for me as a kid where like I would spend all my time in the library looking up like old like like uh old grimoires written mm-hmm. in like the 18th century and I read the Key of Solomon and like I I to say that I believed in all of those things as a kid would be a stretch. But what what I took away from that time in my life was that there was there's a world of religion out there, and you don't really know how to appreciate that when you're raised in like a in in North America because all of our all of our lives like our social lives our political lives are wrapped in this like very quite quite recent and very evangelical sense of like the yeah. view of the world. <clears throat> It's like yeah, it's like it's, it's like our scope of what is possible and what is imaginable within like the metaphysical universe is very 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 narrow when we're right. Raised. It's it's the fuck it's fucking Plato's cave. You know the shadows on the wall are just like you know December twenty fifth being the most important holiday of the year or whatever. Yeah. Um, like I I I've I've become much more more like worldly I guess, but like. Even growing up in a family that was just like not even like really hardline Christian, just kind of like I, I, I mean, we went to church, but like not really hard hardline. Mm-hmm. Um, like just so much of the world is in the eyes of it, I, it is seen through the Christian. Like, let me put on my nightmare vision Christianity goggles. Oh my god, everything's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, really, it, and and so like this. Movie is kind that's, of like, that's what John that's what John Constantine said at age at age six. I can see everything. Uh, see too much as as it turns out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. So you want to get into this plot? Fuck yeah! I would love to. Um, so we open in uh, I believe Mexico. Yes. And yeah. Um. There's two guys who are digging up a looks like maybe like in a just like a little like an abandoned building. They're just looking for some supplies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're they're it's like it's like the middle. It's like getting towards evening, and and I think it's like a ruined church. Like that's my yeah. instinct is that it's like a ruined church, and they're just kind of like I I'll say there's definitely a like yellow tinted filter over this. It is far less harsh than I expected out of this movie. Like, there's a very much, a very small bit of one, I think. But it's, like, I don't know. It's just, it's nice to sometimes see Mexico depicted as, like, a fine, like, an an okay place without, that's not, like, you know, like, I'm looking through a pair of fucking gunners at it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that definitely would have taken off more in, like, the, like, the later years. Like, that would have been yeah. more, more, more stringent. But it's a lot more underplayed here because 
we have two um we have two gentlemen who are like scavenging around this like uh the ruins of this church and yeah well because the very because the, the very first thing we see is just like a title crawl that's like oh yeah the spear of destiny which has been missing since world war Two. blah 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 and one of the guys digs up a nazi flag which has a spear of some kind wrapped up in it like it's supposed it's very clearly supposed to be the lance of Lo- the lance of longinus but it's it's it looks like the fucking stake driver from bloodborne yeah it looks but, really with the serial short. number with, with the serial number scratched off yeah right right <laughs> like this looks so weird as a spear as a weapon in general to me yeah it, it's very gold which makes me think that like why would anyone wield this as a weapon because very it's, short like, too yeah very short and so it it it, it it appears to be like the tip of a spear just broken off and oh that that does make more sense yeah 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 the, the lance and, of the part of the lance of longinus that went through oscar's uh eva and came out the back end yeah yeah uh yeah we all we all remember um we, we've all we've all we've all seen end of evangelion here yeah god it's been too long it's been like a decade that scene's burned into my mind though yeah yeah <sighs> I, I i gotta watch the rebuilds but um uh evangeline my... fucked me up evangeline's yeah, I... on the extreme end of like using catholicism as an aesthetic this is more in right the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> using catholicism as an aesthetic as an aesthetic to the point that everyone watching it thinks you're a catholic <laughs> yeah um uh... But yeah, so after so guy finds the, uh, the guy finds yeah. the lance of longness in the it, wrapped up in the Nazi flag, and he takes it and goes golem mode immediately. Yeah, and, car wrap any percent around the guy. <laughs> yeah, he runs out to the he runs out to the street, and like a car like passes by on this road that has not had any traffic on it for the entire duration of the film so far, and just careens into him. He gets like bent over it, but um, then he just like jumps out of the wreckage and just starts fucking running. Yeah, it's which is it, are are we to assume that he just no he doesn't he didn't run all the way he stole a car right I was gonna ask if like, we're to assume that he just ran all the way to Angel City which is where the movie takes place <laughs> yeah yeah we 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 all know where it is yeah <laughs> uh yeah it's uh it it was a really great uh it's a really great scene where the the car smashes into him the car going at what appears to be like ninety miles per hour it's like a country road so like. Him getting smashed into this car is like okay. That would have wiped out anybody. It's not like a, it's not like a an ambiguous kind of uh, car accident. Yeah. The car the car wraps around him and he just walks away. Yeah. Um. And so yeah. Uh. Uh. We cut to uh, Angel City, the 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 city of the angels. Yeah. And An- Angel, it's not Los Angeles. It's Angel City. <laughs> Fucking yeah. this this woman has this this woman is uh trying to bring like breakfast to her daughter or something and she opens the door and her daughter is doing a reverse cabadon in the corner, like you know, demon shit crawling over the walls, this yeah, etc. Yeah. etc. She drops the tray and screams, and then we get John Wick rolling up, like <laughs> sorry, John Constantine rolling up, fucking swagged out, like looking like wearing a wearing a, an exorcist get up but just looking really really uh scruffled about it he's got a cigarette yeah. hanging out of his mouth he like drops it out of the car just fucking dripping as he walks into this apartment 
Yeah, he Keanu is is sporting um walked off the set of the third Matrix movie. Yeah. Um, hair. So it's the it's the short hair with like just a little bit of product that's keeping all the strands pointed up in the air. So yeah. if you like if you like Keanu Reeves uh long hair, you're going to have to unfortunately deal with short hair uh, uh Keanu this movie. Short hair Keanu short hair Keanu fucks to me. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, yeah, like I have the long hair, so I don't need Keanu yeah. to have long hair. He could have short hair. Right. At that point, you're just gonna when you when you kiss, it's just gonna get like the hair all tangled up, and you don't want that. Yeah, my hair is being pulled, not his. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. So. <laughs> so yeah. So 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 John walks out of the uh, the cab and he uh, that he uh, arrived in and. Uh, uh, walks through the uh, apartment building, gets to the apartment that uh, the uh, the young woman was was getting uh, possessed in. <clears throat> was getting possessed in, and as and he passes, uh, as he passes the mother she, when she's uh, no, the I think it was a, a man. He said he was upset that uh, he had to tie her down, quote unquote. And uh, yeah, it's a very interesting scene because like. The, well, um, first, first of all, the demon has minion voice. The demon is like saying "banana," John Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of have a, a little bit of a golem mixed with a minion. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so she. Oh, I, bet, I bet there's some, I bet there's some great art of that out there. Like, if I, I bet I could search like minion golem right now. Let me see what I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no! Sarah, are you looking at what I'm looking at? Uh, let me post it in the let me post it in the in the guest room channel and we'll see. Oh god. No, that's not what I was looking at. I was looking at this one. Hold on. A quick detour for this one. This one's going to be for all the this one's for all the people who are waiting for the next uh, the the next Wonder Year to update. There's an anamorph of Gollum turning into a minion. <laughs> oh my god! There's a dragon minion too. <laughs> oh, this looks great. <laughs> but anyway, back to the real exorcism, and not yeah. just to, to exercise the image from my mind, <laughs> let's get back to the movie. So, um, John Constantine manages to, like, he can't kind of manage to get the demon out of there, but it's not actually there. And the jumps, the, the, the demon, like, jumps, like, bulges out of the woman's neck. And it looks good for 2005, especially. Yeah, very good. And it, it looks like a face coming through, trying to come through yeah. skin. And he, it's coming, it's trying to come through, like, the, like, her neck. And he like instinctively punches the the the, the young woman's <laughs> neck, and so that the demon goes back into her body. Yeah. Uh, oh, but there's this really cool scene before he starts interrogating the demon, where he has like this keychain of like um, of little like religious icons, and he's holding it up to the sun while he's while he's looking out the window, and he's like as he holds it up holds each one to the sun. It's like he's checking to see which one will upset the demon. And when he pulls out the one that obsessed the demon, it like reacts. And that reminds me of the scene in the mummy when the guy is trying to appease uh, Imhotep and he's like pulling out all the religious symbols and like because he's got the necklace of like religious icons and he keeps like doing prayers in like different languages. Uh huh. 
and 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 he, and then the one that finally uh, works uh, uh, gets Imhotep's like uh, attention, and I don't know. I just love that. I love that John Constantine has a has a keychain full of what could only be described as like um, <laughs> religious pogs. <laughs> that, that, that he's just like holding yeah. him up to see, <laughs> holding him up to the light to see which one will work on the demon. Yeah, it and one of them eventually works. Yep, one of them eventually works, and he. You, he presses it into the forehead of the young girl, uh, and that sort of subdues it for a little bit. But uh, eventually, he he has to do another. He has to do another another next step, which involves uh, every other people, other denizens of the, of the apartment holding a mirror above the bed facing the woman, and him like jumping on the bed and straddling the woman and doing something to like trick the demon into jumping into the mirror. Which they then yeah. fling out the window and uh, it crash lands on Shia LaBeouf's car because Shia, Shia LaBeouf's in this movie. He's 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 John Constantine's taxi driver, um, and he's doing <laughs> he's doing some taxi driver shit in the cab. Yeah, I, this is this is Chaz Chaz, Chaz Kramer asshole. Hey, it's Chaz Kramer. You talking to me? I'm Chaz Kramer. Yeah, watch yeah, out! I'm Chaz Kramer. I'm gonna go say the N word at the Shout Factory. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> oh god! Uh, yeah, it's really unfortunate because Chaz um, is a character from <clears throat> the the Hellblazer comics, and I believe was like is very similar to this movie in that he's like sort of like a um, like an apprentice to John, but um, it's a lot more. Um, of a nuanced and interesting relationship than in this one, because unfortunately within the text of Hellblazer, um, John Constantine is bisexual. That is missing from the movie, which is, I think it's only dra real drawback. I think there's, there's definitely some vibes that I got from like him and uh, uh, Balthazar. Is that the name of the guy? Like the mid, the mid, the, the Papa Midnight's right hand guy that uh, fights with John a couple of times. Yes, yes. Like there's, there's, there's def a, yeah, I definitely yeah. get some vibes from about from that. Uh Yeah, yeah. Both yeah, are call, uh, calling him John Boy is a little like, oh, okay. He but also it's... like puts his he also like when he, he gets face to face with John and sticks like fingers in his mouth and says like, I bet you taste finger looking good, which is like <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. I just that is like extreme like like that feels like something that a Bond girl would say to James Bond, and then they would cut to them just him just like porking her in the next scene. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I I, I I haven't seen the newest one, but if they ever bring up, but if they have the KFC, you know, deal, then you know, good for them. You know, <laughs> um, there's a really funny um, bit of like uh, of uh, ad placement in this movie that I that I would like to bring up eventually, but yeah. Yeah, so, give me fly, um, fly me down when we get there. But um, yeah, so they toss the demon out of the building in the mirror. They explode it in the car, and John like struts over to the to the lit cigarette that he just left on the counter. Like picks it up and just start just takes a big fucking drag off of it. Just oh god, Mwah. yeah. This movie has a lot of the things that if the movie had been re if if this movie had been made in 2014, 2015, it would have like been one of those neon noir films and people would be gushing over it i think um you know it, 
and I truly believe that like that scene where he where he like the amount of, the amount that he's smoking, like unfortunately would make really cool like images of, like that people would like be postering everywhere and appear in gift sets on Tumblr and stuff. But Tilda Swinton's fucking amazing and uh like is is doing this thing um that like I think like I really appreciated when I saw the movie which was that there's no concept in my mind of angels having gender and that like that to me in my head I think is like one of the one of those things that like lodged in my brain as like the concept of having no gender was associated with angels and demons right and so to see Tilda Swinton playing a character who was like that in this movie was like oh okay yeah. well that's what it that's this is what it could look like if it was a person but you know only through only through age and becoming wiser have i been able to see like what having different what having no gender looks like and right it look can, and it can look like anything right but yeah after the after we get the mirror break and after constantine inherits seven years of bad luck yeah uh we have the scene where uh constantine is um he's at the doctors right well no no or- no there's a couple of things that happen first first we meet fucking pastor hennessy <laughs> Yeah, he, yeah. Pastor Hennessy is the one is the one who alerts John to this um, this possession the, that's happening the, in this the, in the, this residence. Yeah, the possession of the young girl, and he says, you know, uh, I um, I'm the one who I, I told you it was something real, and and John and him have a little conversation, and John is acting like something that he's experienced, and the exorcism is weird, and. I think that what's interesting about that is that he doesn't necessarily like spill all the beans to Hennessy, but what he says to Hennessy is he says, I need you to, you know, open your ears, quote unquote, and put your, I think it's put your ear to the ground and let me know if anything happens. Yeah. And, and father Hennessy is wearing this, um, this, uh, Celtic looking, uh, necklace, legendary pictures, logo necklace. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, Constantine, um, undoes it for him and, and puts it in his pocket. And we don't really know what this means later, but eventually we learn, we discover that Hennessy has this ability to sort of in a, in a sort of uh, professor Xavier kind of way, sort of like feel what's happening in like the ether and like, kind of like what, like what kind of spiritual activity is happening. Right, the, the scene we get that shows his abilities later is, like, him just, like, rubbing his hands over a, bu- a pile of, like, different newspapers and just, like, hearing echoes of, like, the news stories happening, like, kind of, like, beaming into his brain. Yeah, it's very interesting, and we don't get, like, an explanation of, like, why he has this ability. Right. It's just, like, we're trusted with the information that he has this ability and that he, A, drinks, and B, wears this necklace to help him deal with the um the constant traffic that's happening in his head right but it's not in like a but it, but again in another movie this would be like you know uh, a person who experiences mental illness who's like you know be you know being treated and and you know is like a you know a, an unstable person it's just like no this is like we're 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 not going for that trope we're going for a guy who you know 
self-regulates and self-medicates, yes, but also has this ability. Right. Um, but yeah. The uh, next thing that we get is uh, we meet our other protagonist of this movie. Um, uh, 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 God, not Isabel. My notes call her Angela. Well, no. Yes. Yeah, okay, sorry, yes. We do meet Angela, and we get like this. We should we get her uh, heading up to confessional, and is like, "Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I killed another man today. Uh, I knew exactly where to shoot him. I felt like the vibes, and I knew exactly where he would dodge, where I would find him. And I always know, and it really scares me. And then we find out that she's a cop. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is Ange- uh, Angela Dodson. Yeah. Angela Dodson, who has a twin sister, who uh, we see uh, jump off a. We, we see her say you can't do this on concrete and jump off of a, a very tall out of a very tall window in a hospital into a pool beneath a cross shaped pool beneath. Yeah. Um, and there, she has like a mark on her wrist. The same the same mark that we saw on we, we saw a similar mark on the guy at the very, very start on the movie. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. When when the um, when the scavenger picks up the um, the spear of destiny, yeah, a symbol that looks very much like the zodiac symbol, um, or for all of you marble hornets heads, the operator symbol. Um, yeah, it's it's um. What did I call it in the in the? I, yeah, zodiac symbol. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. It's a circle with a with a with a tar- It looks like a target. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like what Bullseye has tattooed on his head in Daredevil two thousands movie. Oh God! Another two thousands gem. <laughs> um, we meet Angela. She's a she's a she's a repenting person. She's very she's a very devout person. Um, but she, so we have voiceover of her confession, and we have a little bit of what the priest is talking uh, says back to her. Uh, but we this narration is happening while she's returning home from uh, her from her day at work, and. She sleeps, and we have a dream sequence where, yeah, again, you can't you can't do this on concrete. Um, uh, her twin Isabel, yeah, uh, jumps off the roof of the the hospital that she's staying at and uh, crashes through a glass ceiling and then into a pool of water, and then and then Angela... and then Angela wakes up because she was seeing all these events as though it were a dream. Yes, and. And uh, and and it's a very uh, disturbing thing. And so after the dream sequence, I think that's when we cut. To... This is yeah. This is when we get John Constantine waking up and coughing some blood into the sink. And he goes to the doctor, and he's like, "Damn, I fought. I I've been killing demons, the things that I've seen, and I'm gonna die because of this." And he holds up a cigarette because he's uh, yeah. he's smoked. What what do they say later that he smokes thirty? He's smoked thirty cigarettes a day since he was fifteen yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gabriel says you smoke thirty cigarettes a day since you were fifteen, and his lungs look fucked. <clears throat> his That's lungs so look... much cigarettes to smoke since you were age fifteen. <clears throat> his lungs look like two bears high fiving. <laughs> Like, like, like they don't say it, and but we're all thinking it, you know. It's, like, and I was just—I'm sure Gabriel is speaking metaphorically when they say, like, when they're speaking like hyperbolically when they say 15, 30 cigarettes a day since age fifteen. It is very funny to imagine a fifteen-year-old waking up one day and just deciding, yeah, grip it and rip it, baby. Hand me that pack of cigarettes. I've never smoked before, but I'm smoking thirty today. God, we're we're like twenty minutes into this movie. <laughs> 
classic, classic fear baiting episode with me. Class. I mean, quote unquote, with you. Like this happens with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Classic fear baiting. Classic fear baiting episode. I just, I, I think I as a person just tend to like. I think you and I have a specific chemistry where we just like both build off of each other's tangents, but like. I definitely am someone who just like goes off on these tangents and I, I'm allowed to do it. It's my, sh- it's my fucking show. What are you, you can't stop me. You're a guest. <laughs> I, I can't stop you. And more, and even worse, I, I, I will, I will blindly follow you down these tangents. <laughs> Delightful. Okay. Like, like I am, I am an extraterrestrial and you are throwing Reese's pieces on the floor and, and I'm just following them. <laughs> I'm just imagining you like fucking like a picture of you rescaled to look like to like fit the oh, dimension of ET is. Oh god! <laughs> I just uh. want to see, I just want to see ET, but with your hair. <laughs> New profile picture. <laughs> you want me? Right. We can find <laughs> that picker. That picker you've got has served you well for a good long while, but. Now, but now it's time to show the real me. It's time to show the real you, E.T. with your hair. Uh, after the visit to the doctor, uh, Constantine's looking for answers, looking for... Because he, cause he, he's been told, basically, it's six months to a may, maybe a year. He's he's real fucked. So he goes to a church library? Yeah, he... I, I th- yeah, he... Well, we, first we get... Uh, first we meet... Uh, Beeman, I think Beeman. He's a yeah, and so Beeman is like this this guy who um, basically supplies uh, Constantine with all the the, the good shit, the good. Yeah, as it and were. there's a really fascinating look into like the lore of this universe because one of the things that he supplies him with is dragon's breath. Yeah, which is like a it looks like a Harry Potter wand that just shoots, <laughs> just out blasts fire. you with fire. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking great. So he just gets a couple of things, and he <laughs> he gives John a cough suppressant. And John talks about how he's like, "Oh, the demon seemed like it was trying to like break through to our world, which doesn't make any sense, but it's weird." Um, <laughs> fucking, we yeah, we go to the library and we meet Tilda Swinton, who's got these fucking massive wings. And yeah. I are you familiar with the books of Maximum Ride, the James Patterson young adult series about the t- about the six teenagers who have who have been genetically modified to have wings? No. This was a an instrumental book on my like like this when Car- I read the book at age I read those books at ages 13 to 15 and I think it is very 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 cool when characters have big wings. I I I when I was younger I drew human beings with wings all the time yeah it it, it is the coolest shit it's so me. sick also like imagine getting a hug from a person with wings like they would do it like it's a double hug yeah like like to me it was like okay there was superman flying which was kind of cool but also having uh, like being able to fly with actual like 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 bird wings right like phenom- phenomenal like this this is why t- fucking superman uh, l plus ratio plus tobias if animorphs outsold Plus, <laughs> plus your Clark, plus your Clark Kent, plus you work in a newspaper. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, yeah, it, 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 yeah, yeah. Human beings with wings or humanoids with wings, so so perfect. Just nothing like, like um, it. 
And it, it, it's a great reason to see Ragnarok because there are fucking Valkyries in that game thing. So, so Tilda Swinton, there, uh, she's playing, she's playing the angel Gabriel, and uh, they. Well, first of all, we see Angela like begging with one of the priests who's at this library, like, "Please let my sister have a proper burial and the like proper Catholic burial. The Lord was her life." And the pastor was like, "Sorry, we can't. She committed suicide." And Isabel's like, "Well, that fucking sucks. Fuck, shit ass religion." <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, it's just it's just really kind of fucked, honestly. It, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where, like, uh, so I looked up the goofs of this movie and <laughs> the goofs. Yeah, yeah, on IMDb, uh-huh. and uh, apparently there's a, a point of contention around this particular plot. So there's a statement that says that modern Catholic, modern Catholic Church recognizes that uh, suicide is a, a an aspect of mental illness, and that uh, because Isabel was committed to a mental institution, that her suicide would be considered um, just a mere aspect of her mental illness and would not be a mortal sin. Right. Now, who's to say? Now, 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 I don't know if this is like the Pope's like sock account or something. <laughs> If he's doing um actually on IMDb or whatever, but you know it it definitely was like one of those things where like yeah like like there's a lot of um there's a lot of talk about suicide in this movie and there's a lot yeah. of like like references to taking one's own life and like fate versus free will and so what's interesting about this is that like there's a problem that's presented but there's uh, like, but for but for um, Angela Dawson's, uh, for but for Angela, there is at this point when she receives the news that there's no chance for her sister to receive a Catholic burial. There's no way for her to resolve that issue. Right. So 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 what we're seeing is like the intersection of like two particular like instances of like um, two storylines crossing that like don't have anything to do with each other yet, but will eventually right and and so um when angela find we i think we skipped over this part but when angela uh angela finds um like goes to the scene of isabel right she goes to the uh, crime scene the crime scene is is in a wing of the same hospital that john is getting his test results at yeah 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 yeah. So, so, and there's this interesting moment before they go to the library and before they meet Gabriel where John is taking the elevator down and Rachel, uh, uh, Rachel, uh, I keep referring to her as Rachel because Rachel Wise, Rachel, because it's Rachel Wise, um, who's a phenomenal this one, um, where Angela says, uh, can you stop the elevator? Are you going down? And John says, not if I can help it. And it's like they're both at the scene where their lives have basically sort of like been incredibly disrupted. John with the cancer diagnosis and the, the given the, basically the terms of his next of his life. Right. And, and, and uh, Angela, who's basically been told that her, uh, like she, where she realizes that this dream that she had was actually real. And right. Actually had happened. And so, yeah, so so getting to the library scene, you know, John is talking to Gabriel and and Angela is talking to the priest. Um 
you know, they and they're both they're both just they're both just like basically directly told like sorry, nothing nothing to do here, like because because yeah. we already talked about Angela getting told sorry, your sister can't have a proper Catholic burial, but Gabriel also says to John like you tried to commit you tried to kill yourself, like you're locked out of heaven. No no matter how many no matter how many demons you kill and send back to their proper wherever they belong. Like you are not getting into heaven, uh, she says. She says you're gonna die early and also go to hell. Ratio, you're fucked. Yeah, and also, uh, what's interesting is that like, so Gabriel doesn't say you tried to commit suicide. She says, uh, Gabriel says, you because of what you've done, because of the life you took, you're not gonna go to heaven. And also, you like like human beings can go to heaven if they have faith. But you cannot have faith because you know the truth. Right. It's no longer and, a thing of faith. It's just this is the fact or not. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> John Constant John Constantine hashtag believes science, and that's why you need to vote for him in twenty twenty. Oh, oh god. <laughs> I I would vote for you know what? I can't even vote in your fucking elections, and I would vote for him. So John mentions uh he, he has a statement after um Gabriel says, you know, you believe, you you can see uh, the truth. And John says, I didn't ask for this gift. I, you know, I didn't ask to be able to see, like, like angels and demons. I didn't ask for this shit, you know. And, and it's really interesting kind of, like, dichotomy where, like, um, John's this person who is, like, essentially cursed with this, this perception of being able to see angels and demons walking on the mortal plane and um you know and being having to deal with the reality of that situation and then um sort of like what he did to cope with that situation what he did to alleviate that pain is something that still carries over with him uh -huh. and so and so and so despite the fact that he probably is aware of the fact that he can't change his fate he continues to do this this thing which is essentially good but also seems to not make a difference yeah so it's interesting it's interesting to, it's interesting to think about like that that sort of characterization so there's a there's a book that i read last year called the last policeman and it's a novel about a man who's a detective and on earth and so before the events of the book scientists find out that there's an that there's a astral body that is heading towards earth and will hit earth and destroy it in 6 months and he finds uh the detective finds a suicide an apparent suicide at like this like diner or whatever uh -huh. and but he doesn't think that it's an actual suicide he thinks it's an actual he thinks it's a murder and so he, the narrative is about him investigating the murder while the earth is set to basically right. be over. And it's a, and it's a, it's a novel about a lot of things, but it's a novel about what do you, or like, 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 what does it mean to give a shit when it feels like nothing you do matters? Right. Like the ultimate, like. Nothing. You, you got six months. Raking leaves. You're raking leaves on a windy day. No matter what you fucking do, what are you doing? Yeah, and 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 so for for so for the 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 protagonist of the last policeman, he's like, 
he just he just knows that this has to be taken care of because like it's the only thing that he believes in and so john going through the motions of confronting these um these brutal uh you know sort of like ethereal and immortal creatures um for the sake for the chance the monicum of a chance that he could actually uh right the wrong that he did um is really kind of uh interesting and it shows that like even that that a character can be flawed by being irrational but not uh necessarily do something bad does that make sense yeah yeah very much so so basically what ha- what happens next is that John and Isabel or John and Angela's paths cross um like is uh Angela is watching like video like CCTV footage of Isabel's suicide then from the roof of the hospital the night she jumped off and she hears like she she like there like Isabel turns with the camera and says Constantine but then like she rewinds it and then Isabel didn't say it that time so uh much to think about and also at the same time uh father hennessy finds out about isabel's suicide so their paths are starting to get closer and closer together um yeah yeah. constantine gets attacked by a bug man yes yeah this is this was really great so um john is grabbing a uh he grabs a pair of pack of cigarettes this is um as soon as he's left the library he 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 just like beelines it for a gas station grabs a pack of smokes and as he's like pulling the cigarette out, um, he he gets confronted by uh, uh, somebody. Yeah, a guy walks up and is like, "Got a got a light, got a light, got a and, light." Uh, and he and he's like, he reaches down. John reaches into his pocket, grabs a matchbox that has a cricket in it. Yeah, that was given to him by uh, by, by Beeman. By, uh, by Beeman, and he shakes the the. Uh, the uh, the matchbox and the sound that this cricket makes causes this demon to basically burst into its true form which is like a collection of bugs right and and like crustaceans like he he's also like a cr- part crab which yeah is crab really spiders like centipedes centipede, like, sna- yeah. like probably like a snake or two in there. just like a lot of critters um, yeah, they they tussle a bit, but uh, John redirects the bugman into the path of a car, which is surprisingly effective again. Like it doesn't kill him for good, but it's surprisingly effective against him. Yeah, we get we like, get a fun little shot of the inside of the car, like just getting its windshield completely splattered with bug guts. It almost like it was almost like a scene out of Men in Black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then John's like just John like like stomps on some bugs and dusts himself off. Uh, he yeah, he does he does the fucking tumbler daddy dom like t- takes off his belt and he like, starts whipping the bed to get the bugs off. <laughs> slices bed. Yeah. John slices yeah. bed. Uh yeah. So they um they go to a they go to Papa Midnight's place, which is like a bar, which is like a neutral zone oh, for demons and humans. Oh, this entire oh scene fucking rules, like because John okay. John rolls up and this bouncer who's like looking like a tw- like just fucking like your standard leather twink you'd see at Pride, um, <laughs> very very handsome, jacked, wearing like some kind of wearing like some kind of Mesh. bondage gear on his chest, yeah. uh. Yeah. And he, like, holds up, like, a card with a drawing on the back of it. And he holds the card back. He holds the back of the card up to John. 
and and uh, John just walks by and is like three frogs and a three frogs on a wheelchair, three like three frogs on a merry-go-round or something, and that's what it is. And he walks yeah. past. Um, the the guy yeah. holds up another card for Shia LaBeouf, and Shia just says the exact same thing as John, and it's. Uh, it's not that it's a rat in a dress. <laughs> I just, yeah. the, the flourish of like only people who can like, like who have it, like this just being a very simple in out test is very funny to me. And then like, we get a bit of a, we get a bit of a, a showcase of these other demons that are down here. We see a guy like, just oh. like he like points at all the wine glasses and turns them, or he points at a bunch of water glasses, turns them all into wine. We see like a bunch of demon eyes, just like a little showcase yeah. of some freaks that live down here. And it's delicious. The scene's great because um, there's a there's a song playing during it called "Passive" by the band A Perfect Circle, and the scene is great because it's a club scene, but it's also like like a seedy like 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 basement bar type deal. It's kind of like a mix between the two. This scene, I think, more than any other in the movie, is like a scene that could show up in a John Wick movie, and it and if it was a scene, it's kind of like the the Kaleida song scene in John Wick um, where uh, John Wick is like killing all those people while the the song is playing and uh, like oh it's like a really good scene and the music is perfect for uh, the scene and it's just oh it's just ah ah I love the scene so much if you can if you can find the passive a perfect circle scene for Constantine watch that if not the whole movie it's yeah what what's honestly I, I spoiler alert for the end of this movie but I'm gonna slap a big old recommend on this one I only gave it like three stars on letterbox but like it's a very very fun three stars an absolute delight of a film yeah absolutely and um the yeah so we we meet we meet Papa midnight who is textually a witch doctor. Uh, yeah. and he's, he, there's, they just have a bit of back and forth and pop him in and it's like, I can't do it, John. I swore to be, a, I swore to be a centrist. I, I cannot, yeah, I... I cannot tip the scales towards either angels nor demons. So I just had to chill in this cool bar. And he he also says that John Constantine is the one guy whose soul Satan would come up here himself to collect, which is a baller and also set up for a great moment later in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we we meet uh another we meet uh uh this other guy uh the aforementioned Balthazar who is doing like fuck me eyes at John Constantine he's like he's like Papa Midnight's like right hand man bodyguard kind of guy ish like that's the vibe that I get from this but not from the rest of this movie so it's weird but he does the finger looking good thing to him and they have a little tete a tete and they John walks out angrily yeah so when when um. When Angela finds the footage of of Isabel like saying Constantine's name, she does some behind the scenes like like off screen. She does a lot of like investigating about John, and she hears from people at the precinct about about who John is. And she tur- and it turns out it's this fucking rude asshole who she keeps running into. So she goes to his apartment and she says, you know. I have a sister. Her name is Isabel. Um, she died at the hospital. Um, she, they say she jumped off a building, but she wouldn't do that because she's a devout Catholic. And John says, that sounds cool, but also your sister probably killed herself. I'm, I'm like, you're obviously like, he's, he doesn't say this, but it's like, it's obvious that he's like, you know, this isn't weird. Like you're, you're just somebody who's grieving. So I can't really like be too hard on you, but also, like you're fa- kind of face the music, time. face the music, sister. Fa- <laughs> girl, come on. Yeah, and so she, and so when she leaves his apartment after he tells her to basically like leave, um, 
these he sees like these shadows appear on his window. Um, his his apartment weirdly reminds me of the apartment that Eddie Brock has in um, Venom. Oh yeah, it's Eddie like, Brock. There's is you, and I'm the suit, so call me Venom. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> Uh, Venom and Constantine would make a great pair. Um, I, I think they should kiss. I think they should kiss. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, so uh, so he's like, oh, fuck, demons are here. And so he goes outside, and he has this dialogue with um, with Angela. Well, yeah, because Angela, like, rolls up to his place and is like, yeah, yeah. She, he, she, like, she, like, leaves, and then he sees the bug demon, like, chasing. She's, he sees, like demons chasing after her he chases her down and is like hey uh so the god and devil are constantly at war um fucking uh uh, uh and uh they're the the it just turns out that the god and the devil are having a proxy war of sorts where they cannot actively do anything but they can influence things yeah he said he says explicitly what if i told you that god and the devil had a wager a sort of standing bet for the souls of all mankind and angela says i would <laughs> i would tell you to stay out to keep taking your meds <laughs> which is a, a hell of a thing for for her to say after she said after she also just tried to convince Constantine that of something that may seem impossible. Right. Um, and so he says like, there's a balance, there's no direct interference, but there are these half angels and half demons who are like skirting the line that he calls right? half breeds. Yeah. Which I don't love, but you know, it, John is a very like cold person, like within the text of like the comics and stuff. So it's like, I can kind of forgive him for being a little blunt and a little bit of an asshole um, it, because it's in line with like this idea that he's a person who has no time on earth. Right. He is, he has no time and he needs to get shit done. So, um, so, so yeah. So he, so as they're sort of speed walking to Angela's um, uh, uh, Ford, a uh, Ford escapade circa 2005, um, uh, all of the lights of the street turn off, and uh, and Angela's like, "Wow, that's weird." And and John's like, "You and I should probably go hang out by this display of the Virgin Mary across the street." And um, the demons that are approaching are like these like um, like winged human beings, like the like the uh, and like the sound of like what appears to be like bat wings is like hovering over them. And so Rachel's like, "What? Uh, what's that sound?" And and John says, "Wings." And so he, as the lights are turning off, uh, like f completely on the street, he pulls out this cloth, full of this like cloth like paper thing. And I'm sorry, are you familiar with the wrestling trick of flashing paper, of flash paper? Uh, I, I know what flash paper is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he that's he what, that's, what, that's this... what Doctor Who does whenever he needs to convince someone that he's an important person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he flash he, he flash paper yeah <laughs> sorry so, yeah but i yeah. know what you mean i know what you mean yeah so yeah he he lights this uh this 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 um this like uh cloth and it creates this beam that basically is like um kind of like a like a like a like a like a light bomb and it like completely vaporizes this this like legion of like 30 to 50 feral demons yeah and, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so and and uh and immediately uh angela gets sick 
uh, she starts throwing up because demons, as John informs, uh, sort of like subtly hints at, is that uh, are are bring the stink of hell with them, which is to be, which is we're told sulfur. Yeah, um, um, I think this is also around the time when we get our that that insane ad plug that you were t- that you might have it might have been a, it might be a different thing you're talking about. But are you talking when you said that like the the unreal like sponsorship? Are you talking about the part where it's like there's a billboard that says you're running out of time to purchase a new yes. Kia? No, actually, that's 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 um the billboard that John looks at um uh after he gets the smokes when he's but before he's confronted right by right the uh the bug man the 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 billboard that I want to bring up is coming up later. Okay, because that it's one just, I, I just like I delete my notes as we go, and uh, that one just showed up at the bottom of my screen, but. <laughs> So, John, after they dispel the demons and Angela gets a little sick from the sulfur stink, John says, let's find let's let's find out if Isabel really didn't kill herself. And then, like, a bus drives by. Like, the editing in this movie is ridiculous. Like, the scene transitions <laughs> are unhinged. Like, yeah, yeah. It just makes yeah. no sense. The the way some of these things... And, again, it feels weird to be complaining about editing back-to-back on it because I complain about the editing of Brightburn a lot, but... It's just mm. so weird in this. The yeah, the the uh, there's no language for what kind of because the movie is at, at like at different points. It's a mystery, but also sometimes it's horror, sometimes it's action. So it's like yeah. So a bus driving on a side of the road I've never seen a bus drive down. It's like the leftmost lane. Um, uh, like 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 jump scares behind John Wick as he says like let's find right. out for sure it's like the, it's if, like the scene in Final Destination 1 where the girl's like I hope you fucking drop dead and then gets like gets like fucking creamed by a bus yeah basically I shouldn't have used the um, word creamed yeah she gets yeah, well, she got absolutely know. schlonged by that bus <laughs> get absolutely bred by that bus <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just gets no nut November all over. <laughs> she must be she must be Daenerys Targaryen the way that bus Jon snowed her. Oh god no <laughs> uh, Christ We have fun here. Yeah. So we we get a cool scene of John like going into hell to check some things out, which he does by sticking his feet in water and holding a kitty named Duck. Um, yeah, and he a very a very a very good cat. Yeah, a very cute kitty. Um, he he yeah he's conducting he's conducting a little kitty seance and he just like he just like arrives in hell and this this it looks like the city at the start of Infamous One like like where everything is just yeah. exploded and. Like it doesn't look like hell. It looks like like burnt out. Like down. Like it looks like if hell was a parallel dimension that existed on top of our existing universe. Like like which is perfect for me. Yeah, yeah. there's like a cor- like in your universe. There's a corner store just down the road. But like in the, in hell universe, there's like a coroner store just down the road. And in hell, cra- in hell, crazy bread is even crazier. <laughs> it's normal bread, actually. <laughs> Yeah, Heaven, yeah. Heaven, it's, it's, heaven's got crazier bread. You, you, you gone to the? Have you gone to the Little Caesars on Heaven and Maine? Oh God! It's, it's like the, 
hurdles. It's like it's like instead of being like an X and a Y, like it it's like we're you know like like on fourth and main an X and a Y. It's like an X and a Z. Like the yeah, <laughs> on yeah. fourth and on fourth and heaven. Like he's just up in the air a couple of <laughs> couple of feet. Oh my god. It's the fu- it's the it's you, the fucking platform. You gotta get a, you gotta get a fuck if you oh god I'll tell you though the, the hell version of Little Caesars got some incredible normal bread. You do need like a tunneler to get yourself three feet underground to reach the entrance though. Yeah, yeah, you 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 do have to do that. You gotta Serbian bore your way in there. Dig to hell. Dig. To, you have to do the Serbian dig to hell experiment. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Um. But yeah, so uh, he shows up in hell and he's like, he, he looks around, he, he, he goes around. Hell, it kind of looks like to me, because I don't have I don't have a great recollection of infamous one, but it looks like, um, so Sarah Connor's vision of the nuclear explosion. Yes, 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 Terminator yes. Two. That scene. God, I where just watched she, Terminator Two recently. Yeah, rewatched. Yeah. It's fucking good. It's so good. The scene where her, where the skin on her bones like flays off. Yeah. If you, if if you were just in the world while that was happening, that's what hell looks like. Right. The, there's like dilapidated cars and a highway and everything. It, it looks great. Uh, but uh, he he goes to the general area where the hospital was, and he sees on top of this like this like pile this like this like pile of rubble, uh, Isabel. And she's reenacting the scene uh, that takes place just before um, she jumps off. She jumped off the roof, so she is indeed in hell. Uh, but uh, what 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 she did uh, on the rooftop before she jumped off uh, uh, was um, she removed the hospital tag from her wrist, uh-huh. uh, a wrist that had uh, her wrist, which also had the mark of the. Uh, of the zodiac, the the symbol that um, the person carrying the spear of destiny also has. Right. Um, she takes the uh, the the the, uh, the hospital tag off and she like lets go of it and the wind carries it away. Uh, John then uh, starts sprinting down the uh, the road and tries to climb on a bunch of cars to uh, grab the hospital tag. And as he's doing so, all these demons are chasing him. And it's this amazing scene where he's running up all of these like cars, jumps up, grabs the hospital tag, and breaks a vial of I believe holy water on his chest, and gives himself basically does a solo version of the wet T-shirt contest and brings himself back to the mortal plane. Right. Uh, at this point, there's this really amazing shot where. Um, Angela comes back into the room and John is still sat in the chair and he's smoking. Like there's smoke coming off of his body. Right. Like brimstone. Yeah. And he, and, and he, um, and she like approaches him and she's like, what the fuck just happened? Cause she wasn't actually in the room when he, when he disappeared, he, she, she leaves. Right. And when, uh, when she comes back into the room, he holds up the, uh, the hospital tag and he says, she's that that's where she is. She's in hell. Sorry, babe. Yeah, and so, <laughs> you know, we, we get this, like, at the same time as we get this, like, really kind of fucked up news, um, uh, we cut to Father Hennessy uh, in... Uh, in the morgue. The, uh, in the t- morgue, Like, looking yeah. for Isabel, and he, like, he, he touches her, and she, like, starts burning. She finds the brand on his wrist, and he's, like, he tries to take a swig from his, his flask, but he can't. And then he goes to like a local liquor store and starts like busting open all the bottles and can't drink from them. 
and then he like his his we we see like we find out eventually there's like his lungs are filling with water but he can't drink anything um and he just dies yeah. from it and uh we this is implied to have done, been done by Balthazar somehow because he's there watching it happen and then we also yeah. find out that the random guy who's in who's like at the register was an angel who just kind of had yeah. to watch this happen yeah it's very it's very coincidental the uh the fact that the angel was the uh the proprietor of the um of the store but it also makes sense in the sense that it feels like that's the case because <clears throat> if if somebody like who looked like Father Hennessy uh, came into a store and started breaking wine bottles in order to try and get like like a, a drink out of them, you know, like like immediately the cops are getting called. Right. But because the angel is, it, it, we assume that the angel is like someone who is like aware of the situation of the nature of the situation, and like can't necessarily intervene. Um, there's the scene in the in a cutaway while Constantine is talking about um, the nature of the balance, uh, where we see that the the proprietor of a store has angel's wings, and Balthazar, who is walking through the aisles, is like uh, half demon, and it's a really interesting uh, part. But before uh, Hennessy can die, he grabs a corkscrew out of the um, those little plastic like. Um, um, bins at that they have at the front of cash registers, and he carves the symbol that he that uh, he saw on Isabel's wrist in the um, in the morgue into his hand. Yeah, and so when when uh, John finds uh, uh, Hennessy um, after the police have been called, he sees um, that that Hennessy has carved something yep. into his hand. He grabs a, a nice cube, um, sort of like washes away some of the blood, and then uses a uh, handkerchief to basically create a negative of the image, which is the uh, the symbol. Right. Um, we also get a bit about uh, we also get John's backstory here, which is that he's been able to see these things since he was a very little boy, and no one believed him. So in a final act of like just like pulling the plug on trying to pull, he tried to pull the plug on his life and attempted. Well, he, I don't want to say he attempted suicide because John Constantine gets indignant when Angela asks if he attempted it because he says, I didn't, I didn't attempt shit. I was gone for two whole minutes. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he flatlined in the, in the ambulance. Um, but apparently, um, and, and something that we sort of experienced earlier is that, when uh when you go to hell or when you when when you die like a, a minute on earth when you're when you're dead is like an eternity in hell yeah and, and john so, was there for two minutes <laughs> yeah and so um yeah so so uh this is when angela sort of deduces that like john's line of work is a way to try and buy his way into heaven and uh, John has a really good point here, which is he says, what would you do if you were sentenced to a prison where half of the inmates were put there by you? Right. And it's like, wow. I mean, when you put it that way, you know, his motivation is rock solid, you know? Yeah. Um, and so and and so but you, you get the feeling that um, this the explanation that he would go through the lengths that he does um, after being coming aware that he because he committed suicide that he is damned to hell um 
was he busting demons and stuff before he committed suicide? Or, no, I think he was or... just seeing them because he was a little kid. Yeah, because so like, I think so he was like a teenager is... when he tried to when he tried to kill himself. Yeah, so so yeah, so when so when he when he comes back to life, he basically makes this. Uh, he basically like sets himself on the path where he decides that he's going to um, uh, commit his life to. Um, to basically taking people who upset the who who cross the line in terms of the balance by either directly influencing uh, human beings or by engaging in open combat to uh, to hell basically or or yeah yeah he deports them as as we mentioned yeah before. he he deports them to he deports the half breeds to hell yeah oh just a a mighty loaded statement there yeah right? really <laughs> but but um yeah so they have this they have they after like the day after they find hennessy um they return back to the scene of the uh of um of isabel's like distress which they go to her they go to her um hospital room and this is when john sort of realizes this is when john sort of like kind of puts like a like a um, kind of like puts the ringer to Angela because going to hell, he finds out that Isabel is Angela's identical twin sister. Yeah. And so, uh, he takes Angela to, uh, Isabel's, um, uh, room at the mental, uh, at the mental hospital to try and unlock the, the, the connection that she and Isabel have that only they share with each other. And, uh, and to, you know, really tap into like what Angela, what, what Isabel's mindset was at the time. Like, how would she have tried to communicate to Angela, um, even if she couldn't call her? And uh, Angela sort of has a breakdown when she re when she sort of like admits basically that she um, and and Isabel were really close at one point, but Isabel kind of believed more than Angela right like in terms of like what she was seeing and they would share messages with each other in a by by like making um by writing words on on um windows and that that would only appear if you used uh, if, if like you blew on the window and so she does so and the word that appears is core 1711 which um for those of you who are Bible scholars, you will know that there is no 17th chapter of Corinthians. <laughs> However, there is a 17th chapter of Corinthians in, in the Bible, in hell. In hell Bible. In hell Bible. The hell Bible New has DLC chapters. <laughs> New anime hell Bible coming, coming soon. Fucking, to... Oh God, I'm getting so sick of the filler in the hell Bible. <laughs> But honestly, like once we get to once you get to the Endwalker expansion, it's actually pretty much worth it. No, no I don't. I don't know anything about Final Fantasy. <laughs> have, you but, of, um, have you heard of the have you heard of the critically acclaimed MMORPG Catholicism? Now with the Bible, <laughs> for, the Bible is now free up to Corinthians. <laughs> what, what what the award winning no the award winning Corinthians expansion <laughs> with no limits on read time? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my! With no limits on prayer time. Yeah. Uh, 
but um, what what is what is Christianity but not um, the Final Fantasy of religion? I mean, the, like honestly, like Christianity is a DLC religion because like the Old Testament was that's Judaism, and then they said okay, but there's a new one of those DLC DLC. Yeah, yeah, and and you and and um, depending on different regions, you get different content and stuff. Uh-huh. And yeah. Well, well, what's interesting is that like growing up, like like at the time, like I would have been like, well. You know, um, I've actually read the Apocrypha, which I had at the time because I was a loser. And, <laughs> and um, knowing back then that there were many versions of the Bible and that there were, in fact, many books of the Bible that were taken out, put back in, taken out, put back in. Um, and knowing even now that the most complete version of the Bible with, with the most books is actually the Ethiopian Bible, of all things. Um well, it's it, it's for a very complicated reason, but but you know, being one of those kids who like knew that there were Bibles, that there were books that were in some versions of the Bible, but not others. Right. This this would have been a very much like a early like Leo pointing at the screen moment for me. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, uh, Constantine gets on the phone with Beeman after handing over the symbol, after describing the symbol. Uh, that uh, Hennessy uh, carved into his hand, and he says, "You know, re- look up Corinthians uh, seventeen eleven. You know, yeah, look up, and look so, up Corinthians nine eleven. Yeah, and so he, uh, so so, uh, uh, and so, um, Beeman pulls out the nastiest looking Bible you've ever seen. It's so sticky. It's 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 got it's got fucking resin on it. Yeah. It's got like plastic wrap, cling wrap on it. It's just nasty, right? And so he opens he opens it up to like this this uh, to like the the Corinthians that uh, passage that was mentioned, that was referenced on the window, and it's basically a layout of the whole plot, right? Which is, which is that, just that the the mammon, the son of the devil, is trying to open up a gateway into our world, right? Yeah, yeah. Mammon's trying to birth himself. Yeah. And Mammon is the Antichrist, one of Lucifer's sons, and is uh, trying to um, basically that Mammon is like tired of waiting for his dad to get his shit together, and he wants to right. take over the king, take over the earth, and so he is trying to uh, birth himself, which could only be done uh, via the possessing a a powerful psychic, and with the help of God. Very curious. Yeah, God needs to pitch uh, in on this one. <clears throat> yeah, without well, using a powerful psychic and divine assistance, the psychic Isabel killed herself to basically stop Mammon from from birthing, from taking, from from being able to to be born, basically. Um, uh, and so when Constantine and Angela get back to the uh, get back to the um, um, to John's uh, apartment, they sort of have a conversation and Angela talks more about when they were growing up, they both saw things too, or they both felt things like psychic experiences, but Angela was like, well, she repressed them. And, uh, and so Isabel was a person who like John was, uh, um, pathologized, who was someone who was like seen as not, you know, not, not well. Right. And, and Angela has guilt over not sticking up for Isabel to their parents. And, um, very much an interesting, uh, moment where Angela 
kind of has this moment where she's like, I need to get close to this. I need to be able to see what you see. And so John has to do this ritual with her where it's a really great scene yeah. where um, uh, John fills a uh, his bathtub full of water. Well, did we, did we, talk, did we and... talk about Beeman biting it first? Oh, yes. Cause... Yeah. Uh, no, wait. No, I think this happens after they, after I... they do the ritual. Mm-hmm. The order of my notes is is immutable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. Cause, so yeah. Cause when, we're, when, we're skipping, that's we're skipping right, over that's right. the. Um, we're skipping over because because so yeah. Beeman dies because he finds out all the stuff and like the the bug man is trying to kill him before he can relay yeah. this information to John. They don't make it in time and they find a bunch of bugs. Uh, they find Beeman having just been eaten by a bunch of bugs, and um, Beeman's like little uh, Beeman like his office is behind the the the, the bowling lanes in a bowling alley. Like, on the other side yeah. of the machinery. And he's got, like, a bunch of jars hanging from the ceiling. Like, the fucking, um... Like, the jars in the ceiling at the in the spawn room of Dead Cells. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. And, uh, Ra- you know, Rainbow Dash is chilling in one of them. And... <laughs> uh, John goes outside and sees a billboard that says, Got Faith? Yeah, that's the billboard that I, that I thought was great. Oh, my God. Just... It's it's probably one of the all time great like ad placements in movies, right? <laughs> to me, yeah. God, it's just it's such a it's such a funny non ad. Like at least you're running out of time to buy a Subaru was like an ad for I I don't remember what car it was. But, like it was essentially an ad for a Chevy. A car. But it was just like them cribbing the Got Milk like marketing campaign for Got 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 Faith, and it's like someone pouring water into a wine glass and it turns into wine. <laughs> So yeah, we, we get like for the first time in an hour, we see the guy from the start of the movie and he just like steals a car and it's a 30 second scene where he like, he like walks up to a car. There's like a shot reverse shot of him with the guy who's sitting in the car, the car owner. And then we just cut to like the road with that car, like squealing out into the, into the, uh, (laughs) squealing out into the open road. So yeah, after Beeman dies, um, they, they do the, um, they do the ritual in the bathtub and there's this really funny scene where Angela is like filling up the bathtub with water and Angela says, do I have, to, do I have to take off all my clothes or can I leave this on? And John's just like, just like standing there. <laughs> and and there's this like moment where she's like, where, where there's like a pause and she's like, John. And he says, I'm thinking. And then he says, and then he says with a smile on his face, like, this this amount of clothes is fine, and I thought it was it was it was nice. Yeah, it was it was it was a funny comedic tension building moment where where obviously like Angela was also like kind of like smiling very wryly, and yeah, it wasn't like a gross like like <laughs> you could take it off more if you want. It's like it was just it was just subtle. Yeah, and it was something that I liked. Yeah, the the straight baiting that happens in this movie is delectable. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of straight baiting actually. Yeah. Oh god. Um but uh but yeah, um they they're, so, they uh, they they have Angela hop in the bathtub to lubricate the transition into hell. Um yes. and I I love personally I love to lubricate my transition. <laughs> and um she starts having yeah, so John likes just holds her in under the water in the bathtub until she nearly dies. Yeah, and she uh, she starts having trouble breathing. John, yeah, she she almost dies, but uh, 
she she bursts out of the tub and is like, "Oh my god, this was this was all because of like this is what all my this like this her thing at the start of the movie talking about with, when she did went to confession, I was like, "Oh, why am I such good so good at being a cop?" It turns out she was so good at knowing exactly which way everyone she was ever going to be in a gunfight with was going to dodge was because she was a psychic cop. Um, and they never yeah. stood a chance in hell of of uh, evading her because she just you know psychic cop she knows exactly where you're going to dodge the bullet from. Yeah, and so when she so she so she enters this trance when she when she returns from hell, and the trance leads her back to Beeman's um uh like little like work area, uh-huh. and that's where she finds a coin in one in the grate sort of like floor uh, that's like um underneath them and the coin belongs to balthazar we've seen him do the uh the coin walk with his uh fingers uh a couple of times like in a couple of scenes but this scene um like is like is like is is they finally have proof positive that they can present to midnight that balthazar was um sort of like crossing boundaries and that there was uh, a war happening and that the bounce was being upset and violated basically. Yeah. But, bef- but before they go talk to Papa Midnight, Constantine finds Balthazar. And of course, where would, where would you, Sarah think that you would find a half breed demon who was white, very well, obviously wealthy and, and um, was like a, was like a, was like a, was like a, a person who's trying to manipulate, um, mortal affairs. Joe, if I knew that, I would be outside Jeff Bezos's front door right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's it. The outside of a large corporate office exactly. building. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and so, Balthazar is doing meetings in a boardroom or whatever with with himself, and uh, Constantine uh, runs in there, fucking uh, like beats the shit out of Balthazar. Yep. Um, <sighs> Uh, he splashes holy water on his face, and then he, he, and grabs... he's like start, he starts melting, and uh, more like more, more like Balthazar dead. E. <laughs> he, but but John has these um these uh brass knuckles that are like have like holy symbols carved into them, uh-huh. and he uses these They're brass so knuckles to. Ab- we also God, to we've gotten this whale on. Balthazar. We've also gotten this part of this movie, and we haven't talked about the fucking gun that he builds out of like when I, and when I talk about how like Catholicism is just a fun thing you can just mess with uh, in this one, um, like. The idea of whole, the idea of this this gun that is again shooting quote unquote dragon's breath, um, it shoots the dragon's breath, and he has fitted it into like remember like the giant the in in the Matrix that one guy who's got like the shotguns with like the the fucking giant circular magazines on them, um, yeah. it's like the like the striker from Resident Evil Four, uh, or the Eva Eight for Apex Legends. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Eva Eight. Yeah, thank you, and the. <laughs> It's it's fit into like this golden gun where like the top of it is shaped like it has like a crossbar so it is just literally a cross that is blasting like dragon's breath out of it's 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 delicious delectable yeah it, one of the all time best movie weapons I Easily. wish I had one like I cannot th- like um, I'm trying to think of movie weapons that are better than this and it's like a, not a very long oh, the, list the the shells are made out of gold yes that's been that's that's harvested from melted crosses uh-huh. what the fuck <laughs> like and so um so yeah so yeah he beat so yeah constantine fucking brains the hell out of balzari he says why like 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 what is mammon's fucking deal like why like like what like what's gonna happen and so balthazar 
gives it all up basically he's like you know you know um we have to like like this is what's going to happen and so no actually Balsar resists until Constantine pulls out his bible his epic pocket bible his bibble. and he says i'm going to give you your last rites and if i give you your last rites you are entitled to go to heaven a demon in heaven can't imagine it would be too pleasant for you and so before he can finish the 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 um the ritual, Balthazar basically uh, spills the whole beans about the plan, and says, "You know, you're, it's too late already. Like you're like, like, like Mammon's gonna get the way his way, and you're fucked." And so um, uh, Constantine's like, "Well, fuck you then. I'm out of here." And so he leaves, and uh, no, no, he, he leaves after shooting Balthazar's head off with the shotgun. Right, but Balthazar is not actually Balthazar Daddy at that point. No, no, he he's still he's still alive. He's still but alive, but he gets pieces. killed by some unseen force later. Yes, yes, he says he says I did your bidding, blah blah blah. We're cool, and then he gets withered away. Um, yeah, he gets he gets Thanos pom- snapped, Pompe- Pompeii style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the fucking just like he he's like starts dying, and just there's like a quiet playing in the background. <laughs> and so Balthazar, uh, part of Balthazar's like disclosure is where it's going to happen, and that's going to be at the site where Isabel was originally um, uh, 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 going to do the thing. Um, but as they're going to, um, as the as they're sort of like trying to figure things out, um, Angela gets straight up abducted. Yeah, she gets yanked out of the building by some unseen something, like the same the yeah. same unseen force that kills Balthazar, I think. Um, and John, like, goes and, like, all right, we gotta fuck this thing up mode. Uh, he heads to Papa Midnight's club, and the leather boy at the door gets fucking, like, John walks up, like, does the little, like, like, re, what's on the side of this card thing. He does that, and then says sorry, and fucking decks the guy. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking great. And, um, and there is, unfortunately, a cool line that, that, that Kaz says, which is, uh, Who's the rat in the dress now, bitch? Yeah, which is, which is, which is, which is kind of funny. Yeah, but you know, um, but yeah. So they they confront midnight and they like, confront they confront midnight. Papa Midnight and he says, "Midnight, Papa Midnight, your inaction is getting people killed. Quit saying I just need to fucking vote. <laughs> quit quit being a centrist about this." Um, and Mid- Papa Midnight is like, "Well, okay, I guess I see that. I guess I see the direction. Direct action is the only way forward." And he, um, D- he, John and him set up a DIY electric chair, and he sends him to hell. Yeah, yeah and and the reason why he goes through this electric chair, which apparently was used in since in Sing Sing Prison, um, he is because this chair basically allows whoever sits in it to basically um, not only visit hell but also see visions of of what of what they're looking for and he uses the um he uses the chair to track down the scavenger who has the sword of destiny and who has taken angela and so um he finds out where he is and so he's like okay well and he also finds out not only where he is but who but how much um how much backup he has and so uh they set out. Uh, they 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 all the three of them, Papa Midnight, Constantine, and 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 uh, Chaz, they basically develop a a plan to, um, basically get into this place, rescue Angela, and stop Ma- uh, um, 
stop mammon. Uh, mammon. And so part of the a part of the uh, the uh, the sort of arc of this story is that Chaz is like an apprentice to John, and um and but John keeps trying to hammer into this this idea to Chaz that it's not like the books. But uh, Chaz has a moment where he says, like, listen, there are crosses that can um, sanctify and turn naturally occurring waters into holy water. If we had one of those crosses, we could use those to create holy water in the sprinkler system. And and Midnight and, and Constantine like look at him like, that's actually a really good idea. And then Midnight says, <laughs> yeah, let him go with you, but kill him after. <laughs> Uh, and it's a, it's a very funny uh, funny moment. So yeah, they reload on some shells. They make some more bullets. They get all their shit together. They grab the cross and um, midnight uh, says a prayer for both of them before they leave. And uh, yeah, we're doing we're we're now set for the final confrontation with Mammon. Uh, yeah. It basically so yeah they 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 head towards the hospital where uh, Isabel was kept and where she died, and uh, uh, the guy from the Angela, start of the movie we see him for the third time. Um, yeah, it's just so weird how not a how not involved in this movie that guy is. Yeah, despite the fact that he's like the vessel for uh, for the uh, the spear of destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's great is that there's a scene where um, Angela wakes up in the pool where her sister died and when she wakes up she pulls out her gun and she has a psychic sense that the the guy who brought her there is behind her she turns around unloads her gun into the guy and he just keeps walking towards her while in the pool yeah and i thought that that was really cool is that she are she knew exactly where she where he was behind yeah her. she's got that psychic shit. um yeah John uh, walked into the hospital and was like, oh, time for one last show. And he like he puts holy water in the sprinkler system and uh, gets like and just blasts all the demons in the hospital with it, which is very in a very funny yeah, scene. Yeah. <laughs> you are in violation of the balance. Yeah. Uh, he bl- he blasts so, through yeah. a bunch of them with his cool with his cool fucking gun and so fucking cool. fucking swag ass gun. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a beautiful gun, and yeah, it, it, and it and it fires these amazing like holy sh- uh, like shotgun shells at these fucking nasty ass demons. And once he's done fighting all the demons, he busts into the um into the room where Angela's being held. She is passed out on the uh, on the floor outside of the pool. And there's no one else in sight. The 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 guy who brought this the 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 spear of destiny is is dead. They try and um, awaken Angela, and and like, there's a hey, fucking guy. Go- there's no. a guy in her stomach. Yeah, yeah. She is with she is with child in the worst way possible. Um, she, <laughs> we get more um, face coming through skin 3D effect, yeah. which is actually really cool. Uh, and then. Um, Constantine um, puts uh, his hand on her stomach and starts doing a prayer, and it seems to be working a little bit, but not very much. And then uh, Chaz and him do the prayer together. And then Chaz gets ragdolled across the room. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. So yeah, just as it's just as soon as they think that the uh, the demon is exercised, um, Chaz says, "This is Chaz Kramer." Chaz Kramer asks, and then he gets immediately lokied <laughs> top to bottom from the ceiling to the floor. 
just absolutely fucking smashed. He does get he does get and, smashed. And uh, and as he's dying, he says, John. He says to John, "You're right. It's not like it is in the books." And uh, if that's not a if that's not a uh, a tagline for every Alan Moore adaptation, I don't know what it <laughs> that's is. Pretty good. It's not like it is in the books, <laughs> you know. And so, uh, so yeah, Chaz dies, and it's very sad. And now, John is like, "Okay, who the fuck is doing this?" Because he can't see what caused Chaz to like who actually killed. Right? Chaz. Who 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 did interactive buddy to Chaz? <laughs> So he pulls down, so he pulls up, rolls up his sleeves, and he has these absolutely fucking sick arm tattoos. Yeah. And, and, and they're like, it's like a sigil that's like, um, it's like a, it's like a circle sigil that's in his, uh, that's on his arm. And he's trying to bring his forearms together, kind of his elbows together, kind of like in front of uh-huh. him. It's, it's so anime. I love it so much. And, um, he is calling the being who is, who is interfering and who is trying to, you know, do all the shit like into the light basically. Uh-huh. And so he finally does it. And who is it? But your friend and mine, Tilda, my Archangel. close personal friend, Tilda Swinton, Gabriel, the angel. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, uh, Oh boy. She, sorry. They are, Oh my God. Their outfit. They just look so good. It's so fucking good. Uh, Tilda Swinton, Gabriel is like, decked out in all white but it's like this like weird 60s or 70s like woodstock outfit there's like bell bottoms but they're like lace in the back it's so fucking cool looking yeah and and gabriel is doing what i can only describe as uh angel doming yes yes tilda swinton and gabriel like puts their heel on on john constantine's face yeah, it's it like it looks like a woodcut drawing come to life. It's so fucking yeah. cool. Um, Gabriel says that Gabriel basically spills like the beans as to like why like why they are particularly help why they are helping birth Mammon, and uh, basically the idea is is that Gabriel has seen humanity, um, and the only moment where the only times when humanity is most noble is when they face massive um calamity or crisis and so gabriel who is also kind of like doesn't really see human beings as worthy of god's love uh uh-huh. is like is like is like eager to test them and put them through the the worst crisis imaginable which is the birth of the antichrist right and so um john's like that's cringe this sucks fuck you and then gabriel throws constantine through the double doors, out of the pool room, and into another room, just absolutely smashes uh, this this uh, second set of double doors, and John is out for the count, and it looks like all hope is lost. That Gabriel, who has the Spear of Destiny, is about to uh, cut open Angela's stomach and and birth uh, Mammon into the world. Uh, John grabs some of the broken glass out of the double door that he was thrown into, and he cuts his own wrists. Yes, um, because the devil himself would come to claim his soul. And who, who, who comes out just fucking like? I love <laughs> Peter Stormare. 
wearing like the yep. freshest to death like white tracksuit, just like saunters into this onto the scene and is like, "Hey, with, Johnny with boy!" Neck tattoos with neck tattoos and oily yes. feet, and it's just it's just so fucking good. He like rolls he, up, he like he, lights John's cigarette for him. Very 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 homosexual activity, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. He he says, "You're the one soul I would come to Earth myself to collect." And John says, "So I've heard." And uh, also, when Lucifer appears, time stops completely. Yes. Uh, so, so this is all happening while the world is ostensibly frozen. Um, Lucifer says, "You know, oh, you know, um, you, so you're, you're finally, you're finally quitting, huh? You're finally tapped out. Now your soul, now your soul belongs to me." And John's like, "Well, we need to talk first. You see, your son, he's doing shit behind your back. Yeah, with Gabriel, <laughs> he's, he's snitching." And they have the Spear of Destiny. And Lucifer, who knows that Mammon's birth is an undermining of his power, says, you're bullshitting me. You're lying to me. And Constantine says, you've waited 20 years to come collect me. What's 20 more seconds? So Lucifer goes into the, um, goes into the pool room, busts through the door, and, like, shatters the glass and, like, walks through the glass while it's, like... Suspended in slow motion. Yeah. He sees the scene and he knows what's happening. So he grabs Angela while time is completely stopped and pulls Angela out of the path of the Spear of Destiny. Ripped, gra- grabbed her by the shoulder and ripped her from perdition for snaps. <laughs> if I may be so bold. Uh, and God, <laughs> I the, could stop you if I tried. Just annoyed grunt and moving on entirely. I have nothing but respect. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, so they, uh, so time, re- so time goes to normal speed for a little bit. And, uh, Gabriel says, Lucifer, um, you know, like, what the fuck? What's going on? And come on. I, I w- it was just a prank, bro. Come on. And then, and then Lucifer's like, this world is mine in time. But for now, uh, it's time for you to go back. Uh, it's time for you to go back to your room. And he sends uh, Mammon back to hell, uh, which we see reflected in the water on the ground of the pool room, just like the mirror in the beginning of the movie. Uh, and uh, Gabriel's like, well, fuck you. You ruined my plan. I'm going to smite you myself in his honor. And, she, and, and Gabriel goes to punch Lucifer and the fist stops just before the face. And uh, Lucifer says, looks like somebody doesn't have your back anymore. And then it's at that point when <laughs> Gabriel's wings straight up wither away. <laughs> and, uh, and and Gabriel gets blown into the pool and uh, gets knocked back and gets totally owned by Lucifer. And uh, Lucifer um, goes back into the, the room with John and says... Fine. You were right. Whatever. You, thank you for telling me that Mammon was about to undermine me. What do you want? And John says, "The girl Isabel. I don't. I want her to." He says to Lucifer, "Send her home." And Lucifer's like, "Fine. Whatever. She can go to heaven. Who cares? Fuck this shit." Um, and then, uh, Lucifer says, it's time to go. 
He grabs Constantine's wrists and starts whistling as he's, like, dragging John away. And then something really miraculous happens. Uh, John becomes way, way, way heavier than he than he was originally. And he starts distorting the, the, the floor. And it's at that point when Lucifer looks back and John is being lifted angel style to heaven literally to heaven like there's a cloud opening portal and john's soul is like heading towards <laughs> heading towards heaven right <laughs> and and lucifer says no that's not fair he belongs to me uh well no lucifer says the sacrifice and <laughs> and then and as john's floating away to heaven he flips off <laughs> lucifer and and lucifer's like no this one belongs to me so he walks up to Luce, walks up to John's uh, body from behind, reaches for, around him and digs his hand into John's lungs. And yeah, gives him, gives him that gives said, him that free toppy by which I mean top surgery. <laughs> oh God! And so um, Lucifer basically heals Constantine's wounds and cures him of his cancer. Yeah. And he says, he says, I, you, I'm going to give you one more chance to prove that you truly belong in hell. And then he pulls out the nastiest looking uh, cancer balls ever out of Constantine's chest and says, you, <laughs> he says, I will see you very soon. And he's like doing his Paul Stramere, like creepy walk and. He's like got like these like little globs of cancer in his hand and he's just like like fucking around with them. So yeah, Constantine lives uh against his will and uh and so he walks away and Constantine uh sort of comes to, walks back into the pool room and sees uh and, and like sort of confronts and, and sort of like help make sure like that Angela's literally okay. dripping wet, Tilda went in with like the stubs of broken off wings on their back. Yeah, Gabriel uh. Gabriel says like, "Do you want revenge?" And then like Gabriel pulls out the gun from the pool, like the the shotgun, and says, "Kill me. Take revenge. Uh, you know, be uh, you know, you know, g- get rid of me. I don't want to be here while I'm not an angel." And John takes the uh the gun and punches Gabriel in the face and says <laughs> and says um uh, that's pain. Get used to it. And then as they're walking away, Gabriel says, you could have killed me. John. You could have shot me, John, but you chose a higher path. Look how well you're doing. It's funny. It's, it's cute. Um, and then the movie, uh, the, the movie ends with like, uh, John and Angela, like chilling on a rooftop and again, straight baiting. Cause this does really feel like they're leading up to them kissing, but they don't. Yeah. Uh, John just gives the spe- the lance of longness to uh, to Angela, and it's it's just very funny that like this ancient thing of religion is just being given to someone. But I mean, hey, if we you know Western cultures have been doing that to other countries for other countries and religions for you know centuries, so why why yeah. why <laughs> why again? This ties back to like like 
I can just so easily envision like a '90s movie being about like like just making up some bullshit about Buddhism and then like but like taking yeah. a very yeah. real like physical concept from the history of Buddhism that holds the same place in like Buddhist that holds the same place in like Buddhist history as the lens of Longinus does in Christianity and just handing it Absolutely. to someone. I can totally envision that. So this works so well for me. <laughs> Or, or indeed, I think something I think that that hits a little bit closer to home for me is um, the prevalence of the Skinwalker in horror films yes. and horror stories. Yes. Um, you know, I had a really heartbreaking moment at the end of last year when Antlers was finally released, a movie that I had seen a trailer for, I think, two years ago. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This looks great. And, and the first thing I see... It, when I when I when I went to go sit down and watch Antlers, was a description about the Skinwalker, which has a name that everybody in the world knows that I'm not going to say, yeah. because I because I don't want to I because I don't want to bring that energy out right. there, and because you know like this is like this this is people's actual belief, but. Stephen King and the he, even Supernatural like there's an episode of Supernatural that's named that named after that creature in the in the first season, and you know this is this is like like the 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 Skinwalker isn't some fucking cryptid it isn't something that like you can just like slap in a story and say ooh isn't it so weird or you know it's like it like it's this sort of like um it's this treading on the the sacred and the understanding and the belief like i remember um learning about like years ago now that there were actual people who were like who claimed to be witches who wanted to do spell work with the skinwalker creature like and like the amount of fucked up that you like twisted that you have to be in order to want to like work with that kind of energy right. and appropriate that story and that's very specific meaning from indigenous people it's like it's like it's so fucked up and and the thing is is that like it's it doesn't stop there either it's like i think most ghost stories that are about haunted um Indian burial grounds. right like that's like that is like, the classic like you know that is like the the number one like go to like the the Ryan Reynolds Amityville horror movies I think is is one thing that really comes to mind in that way and and so what I find often about these movies which is which is often unspoken of is that the story of the skinwalker in that particular iteration uh is a story about colonialism it's a, it's a, it's a, and it's a story that changed its meaning with the circumstances that of the Algonquin people who carried that story from, from, from time immemorial, and so the the meaning of the of the of the of the Skinwalker story has changed, and it has changed because of the relationship that Indigenous people have to the land and also to, um, to newcomers to the land, and so, it, it you know, to really sort of like take take a hold of that story and just be like, actually we're gonna use it for our for our own story. We're gonna we're gonna use it as if it's a prop that we can use. You know? Like that to me it especially 
when it's done under the auspice of like being um, diverse or being authentic to uh, or being representational is just pure horseshit to me. Right. Because and yeah, it happens with um, Eastern religions. Yep. It happens with African religions, especially um, with African diasporic religions like voodoo. And which is so right. Like we we even get some of that in this movie. Like the 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 them branching out into like the Papa Midnight being a witch doctor like left kind of a yeah. bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, like there's like there's like there's a reverence for the work that witch doctors do in the in the text of the narrative, and but what I think is what I think is nice is that they they don't necessarily like um, they don't try and like speak. Like they, they they do represent I think like some aspects of it, but mostly but most of what Midnight does is not necessarily voodoo. Yeah, which is which which is good. So so there is that aspect of it. But yeah, I yeah, it definitely is one of those things where in a lesser movie you would be seeing. Um, appropriation of all kinds of things, but but in actual but I think yeah. Yeah, going back to the scene where he gives Angela the the spear, you know, it's important for for him to tell for 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 her to hide the spear from, from the evil from everybody. the evil pope who has a who has a GPS directing him to the spear to the spear, <laughs> but also to hide it from Constantine yes. himself. So there's there's this really great um, sort of scene where you know Angela is entrusted with the spear, and so you know. It, it's not a it's not a scene where like in, in any other movie like somebody would have said like it belongs in a museum but you know like like because the movie also takes the the mythos that it's dealing with for aesthetic purposes somewhat seriously yeah. there's this there's this aspect of like okay well we actually have to avoid the 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 potential of it being found right to to disturb and to um trouble in the in the in, in in the real sense of the word um and to disrupt to use a a less a less fun word um the the trappings of 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 christianity which are so normalized um but you know there's like there's you know there's like there's blood stuff in 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 catholicism there's so right. much ritual and 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 but the thing is, is that it goes unquestioned. The okay, I can I cannot. Get, we're we're two and a half hours deep on this podcast. I cannot get deep into my what what little I remember of Christianity and its sects. But so the movie ends <laughs> yeah. with John uh, doing a little bit of a monologue, and he like he mo uh, at the top of this building, and he like motions as though he's about to pop a cigarette in his mouth, but he just you know puts a piece of gum in there anyways instead. Um, yeah. I don't remember anything about this monologue, but uh, there is. Did you get the post credit scene? <laughs> Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, I, I, I remember that it existed, and I, and I wanted to remember if it was, if it was as funny as I remember it being. Originally. And it's, it, it made me fucking cackle because John like walks up to Chaz's grave and leaves his lighter there, his cool Zippo lighter, um, and he turns around and oh, then yeah. Chaz is like standing on top of the grave with with angel wings, and he just like shoots straight up into the air like Captain Falcon doing an up B, no, like Pitt doing an up B. Sorry, I, I mixed up my Smash <laughs> characters briefly. Yeah. Oh God. It 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 was so funny. But yeah, I I I love the I love the scene at the end because it's like, yeah, yeah. Chaz definitely is gonna be one of those people who, you know, all cabbies go to heaven. I think. Yeah. You know, um. But um. But actually, yeah. Flashing back to being a kid, I was like, 
I don't smoke. I don't think I'll ever smoke anything, but God, I want that lighter. Right? <laughs> There's so many things in this movie that I want. You know, I want the I want the the cool gold shotgun with the cool bullets in it, and I want you know I want the knuckle duster, uh, uh, um, brass knuckles with uh, holy symbols carved into it, and the keychain full of religious icons, and uh, uh, John Wick's uh, John Wick. That's that's uh, him. John Constantine's uh, small small uh, Bible for 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 teens. Um, I, I need the bar, and, I need the Hell Bible with the DLC. Yeah, the Hell Bible DLC. You gotta get it when it's on sale because otherwise it's a killer. You, it's like buying Total Warhammer. You gotta buy the <laughs> the base game and then you gotta buy all the expansions. Because if you don't buy the expansions, then when three comes out, you're just gonna be stuck with the 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 base game stuff, and you're and people are gonna laugh at you. People are gonna say, "Wow, look at this chump with only." 58 books to the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> nice Bible. Has even bought the expansion mom pack. Buy for you? <laughs> this motherfucker can't even go to Ishgard. <laughs> the cool, I, 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 yeah, the cool teen Bible can only take you this, so far. You this idiot get... hasn't unlocked Dark Knight. <laughs> you you got you gotta get the new game plus Bible. You got you gotta. <laughs> Okay, okay, we're we've gone so long. How many wet Tilda Swintons are you gonna give this movie? Let's go zero to five wet Tildas. I'm I'm the only person in the world who will ever say it because I'm not a coward. I'm gonna give this one five wet Tildas. I I have nothing but respect I, for you. This this one clocks in at closer to like a three three and a half for me, but like on the upper end of a three and a half. Yeah, it's a it's a three and a half hour. It's it's three and a half hour. It's a three and a half star movie for sure. I think all day I think long. if it was a, I think but, if it was a little. I think genuinely the fact that it's two hours and not one and a half really takes away from it from me. Like there's a lot going on yeah. here. I just think that density and better editing would have would have been this movie's friend. Yeah, there's a little bit too much back and forth, especially with the um, the 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 Beeman. Um, like they they find his body and then they go back to find Balthazar's right. coin. There's a little bit too much back and forth, and there's a little bit too much teasing Constantine and uh, uh, Angela getting together in the beginning, like when they have those near misses in terms of like meeting each other. But um, honestly, like it's a it's two hours that fly by for me. It's a movie that I think. Uh, aesthetically is definitely something that I really love. I know it's not faithful at all to Hellblazer, but I love Hellblazer as well. But I think that like this is a great alternate universe version of it. It the thing is is that everybody who's a part of the movie, um, a, who was a part of this film, really want really is a game for an, a sequel to come yeah. out. and I would love to see it. And I've been formulating in my head a movie like 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 a narrative that can next Johnny Mnemonic, The Matrix, this film, and John Wick together. Um, and and I'm really close to synthesizing it. I just need a little bit more fluff. And then I'm going to write the movie that exposes the connection between all of these Hell films. Hell yeah. And... <laughs> And so, and so, <clears throat> yeah. Like the, the movie is the movie is perfect for me. It, it it was made for me, and so I have to I have to give it five stars, or else lest my soul be damned to hell forever. <laughs> uh, we got question. Yeah, question from Keanu fan of the show Stephanie at Age of Oddish. 
Keanu is always sexy, but is there a specific Keanu that is most sexy to, in your opinions? Bill and Ted Keanu, John Wick Keanu, Matrix Keanu, Point Break Keanu. There's so many options. For me, it's my own private Idaho. I think for me, I gotta go with John Wick because, um, like, John, or, because, like, Keanu Reeves is a very twinky looking fella in his earlier days. Like, like especially in the Matrix, he looks very proto-trans. But, um... I don't know. Just something about a man with that many guns is just, I know he's got a lot. I know he's got a fair amount of guns in the matrix, but like the number of guns he has in, in John wick, like, whew. Yeah. Yeah. Wiping for a sure. big comedy His... droplet of sweat off my brow. <laughs> for sure. Like, like, um, Keanu Reeves in early in his career, the, the smooth face for me doesn't really like do a whole lot. Um, because I'm a person who can't really grow facial hair. So like, you know, it's it's this thing that like I that like I think like I need somebody to be my mirror image or I don't need I need somebody to, to be my opposite image, you know, so I, I tend to be attracted to people who like have facial hair or like, you know, or, or if they don't have or if they don't have facial hair or if they can't grow facial hair, then they have like shorter hair. So it's it's weird. Like, there's a lot of like weird kind of like um like middle ground areas for me, but early um john wick keanu reeves uh when his hair is just a little bit shorter yeah. is really like, good it's john wick one keanu reeves i gotta say like he's looking fine at all of them but yeah, it's john yeah, yeah. Wick one yeah and and i and i and i think that his yeah I, he's just a very conventionally attractive uh human being who i find like like yeah definitely like a conventionally attractive person so it's not like controversial to say that like he's that, that i find him hot but i do yeah so that's no recommendations we have recommendations to do um joe what you got so i've been doing a lot of a lot of stuff lately i've been consuming a lot of media and a lot of and a lot of things but i think the one thing that's definitely been a real fucking bright shining star in, in my life lately has been the uh british game show taskmaster um if you if anyone who's listening is a is a regular listener of like the canning brother family of right jorgonet uh kyle like, xy yeah you, you'll you'll know that like like they love to talk about taskmaster and it can seem overbearing you might you might think to yourself why am i listening to these people with bad opinions but please 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 do yourself a favor and go on YouTube and watch Taskmaster all of the series. All the series are good. They're like even if they're even if the show is full of people who you've never heard of before, the 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 amount of shit that happens on Taskmaster is so good. Um, I'm actually planning on doing a fun like <laughs> like video where I edit the Taskmaster. Um, interstitial theme music with saw f footage <laughs> Just I, I know you've already discussed this i know i've already seen you post about this but i really need this to happen yeah so if so so fans of this podcast the and this and the very good September uh, series if you're looking for something that's as ridiculous as saw and has the same premise as saw but is goofy and and fun and not bloody and violent and terrible hello then, Majot. i have your glass to... of your special water <laughs> just yeah just just so good james and, and adonia 
for years you have you have been <laughs> the task that I have for you today is to break this block of ice and to dissolve this block of ice completely. You have twenty minutes. <laughs> Live or die. Live or die. The choice is yours. One point or five. The choice is yours. <laughs> Um, and uh, my favorite thing about Taskmaster is <laughs> my favorite thing about Taskmaster is um, like watching the tasks and then being like the person who's like epic and like armchair like uh, I know what I would do differently if I were to give if I were given this task and I'm it's to the point where I'm genuinely thinking about like. Like, like once, like, Omicron, you know, sweeps over the nation and, you know, like, whoever's left standing, right. you know, can come over to my house and we could do Taskmaster. Yeah, stuff. that would be, that would be fun. Um, fun night to spend a drunken, fun way to spend a drunken night. Yeah, like, 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 like if they're, like, in the far-flung, uh, in, in the grimdark future, uh, uh, and should there ever be a Pigot meetup again, I would bring the Taskmaster. Oh, back. that would be so good. Pigot Taskmaster. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just making everyone making everyone do tasks, making everyone do dumb um, shit. I want to see I want to see Brooks and Eddie eat watermelon <laughs> off the floor. Okay, um, they've had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, my recommendation this week is going to be once again Higurashi no Nakukoruni. I am almost done with the fifth chapter out of eight, and I am just. The, the storytelling that is happening in this chapter is really just blowing me away. Like, I thought that I thought that Higurashi was great up until now, but, like, the, the curtains being peeled back a little bit now that I'm in the back half of everything, and what I'm seeing, like, the, the fucking Rube Goldberg machinations happening behind the scenes that, like, made... It, just watching everything fall into place is so delightful. So, again, my recommendation will be Higurashi when they cry. Um... Yeah, Higurashi is is interesting because it's it, when I was young and I was getting into anime, like I saw the first half of Death Note until the the thing that made me stop watching right. happened. Um the cool the the best character went yeah. away. Um uh I was like what other kind of anime are like that? And for some reason the two anime that I was recommended were Elfin Lied and When They Cry. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched the both of them, uh, and and they both, you know, were they were they were both no sorry I was recommending three anime: Paranoia Agent, When They Cry, and um, and and uh, and um, uh, Elfin Lead. Mm-hmm. And so watching those three anime was like very different experiences. But the one that kind of didn't stick with me was was Higurashi, and so. Watching the anime series of Higurashi, I was like, okay, well, I've well, I've experienced everything that needs to be experienced, but as it turns out, that's only the surface. Yeah, the level. thing is, the you thing is, to... the, fir- the thing is that the first four episodes of the TV show of Higurashi are an adaptation of about eighty thousand words of story. Yeah, which is which is um, a heck and, like, of a I mean, way I don't want to say I don't want to something that I think that they should have like done. Like they should have like made that arc last longer because like you got to condense it down. Like getting the intro arc down to four episodes seems like a pretty good condensation of what happens in that. But the length, the sheer length of it all, it's very daunting. But it also feels really satisfying every time I finish like a full chapter, which I'm getting really close to getting yeah. that again for for five uh, for chapter five, and I'm very excited. 
and what I will say for people who are who people who are like, I don't really know if this genre of like of like video game is for me. What I will say is that if you go on Steam, Higarashi Chapter One is free, free. as so, free as fuck, free ninety nine, baby. And there is a total of uh, what is it, seven chapters? Eight. Eight chapters. So so try the first chapter. Um, and if it's, and if it's your, if it's your, if it's your thing, every other chapter is like nine bucks. Yeah. Maybe even less. And so like, go for, learn, go for learn it. about and your, so, make some friends in the village of Hinamizawa. Yeah. And, and, and Sarah, you said you're, what chapter are you I'm just finishing up recently? five. So you're getting into the portion of the series where the questions start to get yeah, answered. Yeah. The answers arcs. Yeah. And so. Like if you like mysteries, if you like uh, fucked up narratives, if you like uh, 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 weird things happening in small towns, uh, I think that's all. I yeah, think. yeah, Actually, yeah. I think. If you like hot fuzz. Um, yeah. If you yeah, if you like if you like a good mystery, go go for the go for at least the, the first chapter and see if it's your thing. And if it's not your thing. Then I then then on my personal recommendation I would say try the show. Yeah, and then if the show and if the show entices you, then try the sh- the the games again. Yeah, the yeah, yes. As a media property that is split among like video games and the anime and also the books, it's like you know it, it, it you know it can seem daunting from as an outsider, but uh, you don't have to take it all at right. once. Take like. Just do a little sample. Yeah, it. just take it, take it, take it easy, but take it. <laughs> All right, let's get That's out of right. here, John. Plug your plug your stuff so we can uh, we can I can do the wrap up and we can get out of here because this has been a fucking barn burner episode. <laughs> another 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 certified uh, hour long su- su- uh, certified record length. <laughs> it, it, yeah, exclusive. I, I, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I gotta I gotta break that three hour yeah. record or almost three hour record. But um no, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at friend of Dusho. Um all all the word all the letters of the words capitalized. And uh yeah, uh find my pinned tweet on that. Uh, I should probably update that soon. But uh if you like spooky music and if you like uh good bad vibes like fear baiting um listen to my radio show it's called the sound of shadows hell yeah uh i'm good i'm i'm really good with keeping up with new episodes this year so that's my resolution and if you like music that is on the darker side um (laughs) if you love music then please love me and love my show yeah um the okay, so we can be found on Twitter at fearbaiting, uh, also on Patreon, patreon.com slash fearbaiting. Uh, if you want to support the show, one buck a month is a bit of a tip jar. Occasionally, we get the episodes out early. If we do, you get them early. Five bucks a month gets a shout out on the show and a message read right on the show. Ten bucks, all that, and you can send in a movie for us to watch. Thank you very much to Luna Wolf, Paul Moran, and Paul Bechtel. Thank you to Blair, who edits most of these episodes. He is on Twitter at Blair Kitch. Thank you to people you meet outside of bars for our intro and outro music. You can find them making more. You can find more of their music at GayGothVibes.online. Thank you to Matt Gamecube for creating and hosting the 
Podcast Network that this show is so graciously a part of. You can find other shows that I, Sarah, do on there, such as Forward Forward ReZero, the ReZero Rewatch podcast I'm doing with my friend Morgan, my girlfriend Neve. You can listen to Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, an infrequently updated leftism podcast, the Wonder Yerks, uh, an Animorphs podcast that we are that will come it will come back someday i firmly believe that we will have that finished someday it's just been have you looked outside lately it's been kind of rough um <laughs> and uh Jujutsu kaisen uh podcast special grade snacks movies coming out in america in like march i think so we might be coming back for that um we might also just resort to watching the camera if we're getting kind of desperate over here um <laughs> you can find me on twitter at sunhatgenya s-u-n-h-a-t-z-h-e-n-y-a and i believe that will be everything so until next time i'm sarah and i'm joe and remember you can put a fucked up guy